The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Delighted to be with you once again this week. We have so many listeners, Percy. We're so grateful for them. We are, and, and the Lord continues to bless us with great, unique new stories of triumph, of victory, of people going through peaks and valleys and helping us to understand how in the midst of everything, the Lord is with us every step of the way. I appreciate the fact that as you travel around the country on behalf of Cancer Treatment Centers of America, you sit down and talk with folks. You talk with cancer survivors, you talk with doctors and those involved in cancer care, and you bring those to this program. Well, the intent here certainly is to go directly to the heart of the matter. If we're going to have a cancer conversation, we need to talk to those who've been there and Mm -hmm. done that, whether it be patients, whether it be caregivers or patients or those on the front line who are clinically serving and supporting those with cancer, we want to have an authentic and genuine conversation. So today's conversation, the interview that you're going to bring to the table here that was recorded previously is a little longer than what we normally air, but it's so packed with information that we're going to make time for it on the podcast here today. You're going to talk with Tom Sellers. Tom uh, is going to bring us a great uh, energy and spirit and the thrust of his, his discussion and his conversation is not allowing a victim's mentality to dictate how he saw and how he responded to his cancer journey. We'll get to that interview in just a few moments on this week's edition of Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Let me point you to our website for additional information about this program. You can listen to this program, past editions of this program, and perhaps most importantly, you can download the free resource that we always make available. This week, it's four things every cancer patient must do. Advances have been made in cancer care. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, uh, we want people not to shy away from cancer when they hear the term. As I've often coined the phrase, we need to quit running from the reputation of cancer. This free resource really helps individuals have a clear and proactive thought process of when they're told that they have cancer. It outlines four things that every cancer patient must and should do in pursuing treatment for cancer. Let me remind our listeners that at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, spiritual support is provided as desired by the patient. But if you or someone you love is fighting cancers, there are hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa. Cancer Treatment Centers of America takes an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of our friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. You can do that by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE, H-O-P-E. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. And you can always learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. 
Percy, we're going to hear the uh, interview you brought to the table here today in just a moment, but uh, you have your Bible open there. Let's take a piece of the bread of life and uh, chew on that, which is found in 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, verse 16. And it says, rejoice sometimes. Uh, No. Rejoice every once in a while. No, 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 no. It says, rejoice (laughs) always, praise God. Pray continually, verse 18, give thanks in all. All circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. All right. You sat down recently with a gentleman who joins us now. Here is Percy McRae. Well, with me today is Tom Sellers, who is a treating cancer patient uh, at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Chicago. Uh, He was originally diagnosed with cancer in January of 2017 with head and neck cancer. He currently now is just doing follow-up assessments, doing well, looking great. Thank you for being on the show with us today, sir. Oh, thank you. I I appreciate the invitation. Thank you a bunch. Well, we're going to have a good time, and and in our kind of our pre-conversation, I already have sensed an energy and, and a vivaciousness from you that uh, I think is going to really be highlighted in, in all that we'll talk about. You were originally diagnosed with head and neck cancer in 2017. Where were you when you received that information, and how did you react to that? How did you sure. feel? You know, that's a great question because I didn't hear about it like most people do. It wasn't a long buildup. Huh. I had actually uh, I'd been to my personal doctor a couple of times yeah. about headaches, and I'm, I've never been sick. I never get sick. And I'd been for headaches and uh, earaches and a couple of things, and they couldn't find anything. He's like, well, you probably have stress. I just opened a new company. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Well, the third time I went back, I said, you know, I need to lose a little weight. So I started on a diet and working out, what have you, and Uh went to the doctor again about the same headache. And he said, you're losing weight? I said, yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's what I was trying to do. Look at me go. Yeah. Still couldn't find it. He said, I'm going to send you over to an ENT. So I went to an ENT, he put a scope down my throat. He says, I don't know how to tell you this, but I think you have cancer. There's a, huh. There is a tumor on your tonsil. So at that point when he said that, yeah. I don't know that I had any real doubts. Yes, we had to do biopsies and things like that. So it wasn't a long process. Uh, and then to answer the second part of the question, how did I feel? At that particular moment, I don't know that I had any particularly negative or positive feel. Okay. I looked at it and said, okay, this is a result of, of, of how I've lived my life, if that's what it, what it is. This is a result of this is just what happens. I didn't point blame necessarily. Sure. And I had to process it. And then I had to go from the process. And the process for me was, okay, this is what it is. What do we have to do to make it go right? Okay. And that's when I came here. And, and in hearing how you process that, and I, this, what I have learned about the cancer journey mm-hmm. and the cancer process, everybody's process and journey is very unique and different. Sure is. But what I do hear that, you know, if I may take the liberty to of say, course. is that uh, by and large, uh, men are described as as individuals who hear something, and then and then the reaction is, okay, what do we do to take care of it? I kind of hear that that's kind of exactly how you process this. I life. have been accused of that. Yeah. So, and so you're uh, like, okay, I, I've, I was told that I had cancer. I found out I had a scope as a result of having some headaches and going to your doc and etc. Uh, you're told that indeed, you know, here's what the situation was, and then you you go from, okay, then what do we need to do to take care of that? You really didn't have any emotion one way or the other. And I think that that's, it's worth highlighting the fact because, again, 
it highlights the point that everybody responds very differently and reacts very differently. And there really is no cookie cutter format to how, when, or where, or what people think about when they're told that they have cancer. Sure. And I think because of the nature of this disease, uh, we always need to just be open to understand that, listen, we need to approach everybody in every scenario with a with a blank slate mm-hmm. because there's just a lot of different unique moving pieces. You bet. You so bet. You, you start your treatment, you, you uh, seek out care at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America, you start your journey. What type of... Um, clinical care that you partake in and we don't need to go into great detail did, sure, uh, sure. yeah uh what did you do to actually clinically treat your cancer i had the i had uh, chemo and radiation okay so you had one of the two of the big three basically sure. so you did chemo you did radiation um and so you you start working down a process and again given the fact that based upon the timeline that i have here you know, you you know, you were just diagnosed in 2017, and fundamentally, you're on the other side of treatment now. Correct. Uh, at the at the time of the recording of this, this is now July 2018. Right. Uh, you know, that that was not an extremely long drawn out process. Again, everybody's uh, journey is unique and different. Um, you you kind of went through that relatively quickly. Did you did you experience any negative challenges along the way? You know, yes, and you know, and that's when the emotional side. Okay. Came. Oh, here we go. Now yeah, we're getting it, there. I mean, we're all going to get there. Okay. It's just a matter of when. Okay. And you know, for me, it was you know seeing what it was doing to my wife and my family uh, because you know they want to see Tom's going to be okay. You know, Tom lost a lot of weight. Tom got a little weak. Tom got very tired. So they, of course, are worried. For me, the emotional side of it was, all of a sudden, now I have limitations that I'm not used to. Okay. You know, I've spent most of my life working 14, 16-hour days, and now I can barely work two or three, if at all. Wow. So you you were impacted and affected by that. Yes, yes. And I'll tell you a very quick story, very generally speaking. I supported um, a a patient once, a very high-profile individual Mm -hmm. who... uh, struggled and dealt with an advanced stage of cancer mm-hmm. and uh, was very depressed and really wouldn't talk to anyone. And, sure. and I was one of the few people that they would talk to and open up to. Mm-hmm. And what he said to me is very similar to what I heard you say. And I had never thought about it until I heard it in this context. And he said, the thing that really has me depressed and, and not wanting to talk is the fact that for the first time ever in my life, I've always been able to will my body to do certain things that at this moment, I can't will it to do. And that really has me depressed. Right. I'm not saying that you were depressed. Oh, I got there. Oh, I sure did. I got okay. it. I but what I'm hearing sure. is a very similar type you of bet. framework of thought as you a bet. result of that scenario. Yep, exactly. And it's, you know, for many of us, and, and, I, and I speak about myself primarily, you know, we don't like the idea of giving up, to con- giving up control mm. of things. You know, this is... Like you just mentioned, I'm used to not ever being sick, and now I'm sick. And I'm not just a little sick. I'm really sick. Okay. I'm used to doing things my way. I have a little company that I run. Yep. I'm used to doing that. Yeah. I'm used to playing ball if I want to play ball. Mm. And now I can't really do any of those things. Mm. That's where you start to get the emotional side. Okay. And then it becomes a matter of, all right, how do we learn something from this and get through it? Because it's a painful so if you go through. So if you don't mind sure, in brevity, sure. what were some of the emotional challenges that you experienced? Do you mind sharing what some sure, of that was? Not a bit, not a bit. 
uh, again, I, I told, like I said, I witnessed what it was doing to my wife primarily. Because cancer, and I'll give you some new language with regard to some of the other things you guys are doing. Sure. Can, I have coined this phrase, cancer is a community disease. You bet it is. This is not an individual sport. Yep. You may be the individual impacted by it, but the people around you are being impacted mentally and emotionally. In some cases, they begin to experience some physical complications mm -hmm. because of the stress and the anxiety. Right. Right. And, you know, and I, and I say that myself, the, 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 the worst thing I saw through my journey was other people that didn't have the support system that I did. Mm. And to me, that was something I wanted to address at a later date. Um, and then again, going back to what we were talking about emotion wise for me, I, you know, again, I might have been a late bloomer. I got the I got depressed during treatment. It wasn't for long. I got angry during treatment. Okay. You know, so I went through the same emotions yeah. everybody does. Yeah, you just got there later. I got there. A little bit later, yeah, maybe. I got there when it wasn't going to be clear sailing. <laughs> this wasn't going to be a yeah. few months and you, everything's cool <laughs> right, again. Right, right, right. <laughs> there was going to be some physical pain. There was going to be a regimen of things. There were going to be things that weren't going to be the same. Right, right. That's when it the reality kicked in. Yeah, because there's a new normal in your life now. You there's some adjustments that has to be made, and I often say this, and particularly for the male, we 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 uh, interview a lot of male cancer patients, mm -hmm. you know. And I grew up in that very typical age and household where you know men didn't cry. And, right. You know, right. My dad was like, "Keep it in your chest. Keep it in your chest. Be strong." Right. But quite frankly, every day you're not standing on the mountaintop with your cape flowing in the air, saying that you're faith man today. Right. You've had some moments that you had some ebb and flow sure, of difficult sure. days. Let's talk about how, when, and where your faith kicks in. Sure. You're a man of faith. Yes. You've proclaimed that. Um, I, I I would not dare describe what your faith is. I'll let you handle all of that. <laughs> Let's talk about your faith. Sure. How does it how does it and did it and still does play a role in your life? Sure. And how sure. did you utilize that? Well, for for me, and I might be a little bit non-traditional in my faith, in that I am very, I'm very personal about it. It's, it's really, it's really mine and my wife, and and that's, and that's it. But and that is absolutely okay. Sure. But here's, here's how I looked at this. Again, I didn't place blame, but you know, I, I, I asked. I said, okay, I know this. I know you didn't do this. Mm -hmm. What I'm asking for is the same strength that you've given me through other parts of my life, Ooh. and I'm going to be gracious for the things you've put there. Wow. And I would like to continue to enjoy them if you see it fit to do that. Okay. Wow. I spent a lot of time reading. I'm uh, I'm somebody that questions almost everything. Okay. You're intellectually curious. Some might say to a fault okay. sometimes, but that's okay. That is okay. And I looked at different things, and I have, I have friends who, uh, you know, I have a pastor who is a friend who said, hey, we're uh, we want you and your wife to be at church on Sunday. We want to talk to you and about you. Okay. And I thought, wow, this is this is this is very nice. Okay. This is very cool. Okay. So, you know, my faith is and has always been a belief that things happen for reasons. I get that. I don't blame those things on God or anybody else. Okay. I believe that the results and I believe that the 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 ways of being fixed are led by Him. Okay. He says, okay, you might want to look at it this way. Okay. You might want to go about it this way. Okay. If you're not listening, if you're not looking for the signs, you miss all of it. And that's when you start saying, why did you do this to me? Gotcha. That's my opinion. I love it. Because of the current culture that we're in under 
other types of topics and circumstances that we won't go into sure, here sure. is that there are now quite a few people that, and I'm grateful for, that are writing books and are addressing having a victim's mentality mm-hmm. and are going into some of the kind of the clinical, uh, psychological ramifications of embracing negative things around us that mm-hmm. then you internalize it as being a victim sure. and how that is so counterproductive and intuitive of being able to move beyond what the experience is. Right. Uh, I quote this on a regular basis and my, my production team probably gets so sick of hearing this. There was a book that was written by a rabbi by the name of uh, Harold Kushner who wrote a great book called Bad Things Happen to Good People. So it's, it's, it's absorbing what has happened, mm-hmm. but it is not taking on, well, who's at fault or what did I do or what did somebody else do? It's just simply embracing the moment of what that dynamic is. Here's what I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. Here's what has happened. There's a reason for it. There's something that I, I, I can and should and hopefully be able to learn from this. And there should be potentially a way for me to maneuver through this. And I think it changes the, the emotional trajectory of how a person then begins to climb out of that hole or begin to work through those dark places. That's what I'm kind of hearing you say. And, and I agree with you a thousand percent in the biggest part of it that I agree with is that there's something to be learned. And as soon as the person with the victim mentality, and I'm not going to pick on anybody. No, we're not. They're there. As soon as you start saying, this happened for a reason for me to grow, rather than somebody did Did this to me. Did something to me, yes. That's the difference between a, you know going through life with an attitude of positivity yeah, and gratitude right, right. as opposed to an attitude of everything bad happens to me and it's never going to change. Right, right, right. What were you able to transfer or translate out of, obviously nobody wants to volunteer to be a cancer patient. I've yet to hear a cancer patient say, I would volunteer to do yeah, that. Yeah, you won't see any arms up. <laughs> no, but what I have heard mm-hmm. many times, more often than not, hearing the same thing here right now. Sure. Listen, man, there was something I learned from this. There was something that that I became as a result of, or there was a uh, some insight, something that that I gleaned from this that ha- is now valuable to me, yep. that I take that and I own that and I'm going to run with that. Give me one thing that you kind of extrapolated from this experience because mm-hmm. you didn't take choose to be a victim in sure. the situation. Sure. The, the biggest thing for me uh, after realizing that I was just like everybody else, you know, and I, when I mean what I mean by that is, I lived most of my life with no sickness, with no real troubles, no real problems. Yeah. I mean, the same day-to-day stuff we yeah. all do. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm going to do the same with this, and I found out that wasn't what was going to happen. Mm. So what I learned from it that I will live the rest of my days with is the amount of gratitude that a person should have for what they have in their life, good, bad, or otherwise, the fact that there are things to be thankful for every single morning. And every single morning, I write some of those things down. Wow. That was your takeaway. Yes. Because the scripture that basically comes to mind quickly in our paraphrase, it says that that we should rejoice in all things. Again, I tell you to rejoice. It's, it's an amazing reminder of how profound that school of thought is, mm-hmm. and yet how simply many of us miss the mark with regard to that. And you're saying for you, that was a takeaway and, a, and an enabling ability for you to move forward and keep moving forward. Yes, yes. 
What a powerful testimony. This man has taken his experience with cancer and transferred it into some positive, productive activity. And we're going to learn more in our next segment, Percy. Absolutely. And as we continue with this discussion, uh, we'll continually be encouraged around how uh, this individual is able to take his experience, and some would say negative, and then translate that and turn it into positive action and activity that motivated and inspired him to do more with his circumstances. Yeah, just before we hear more from Tom, let me share this, that if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, back to you with our special guest, Tom Sellers. We ended on the last segment uh, talking about how you uh, basically viewed and took the position and posture of being a cancer patient. You, you, say, you stated it very clearly that you were just like anybody else. You were just an average guy working every day, had a family, had a business. Uh, you hadn't really been sick. You know, you dealing with normal everyday stuff. And then you're told that you have cancer and you had a pretty serious type of cancer that you had to work through some challenges and some highs and lows. But out of all of that, you said you did not allow yourself to take on a victim's mentality. And you didn't use the word victim, but basically what it boiled down to, you didn't allow that to be defined as some type of negative dynamic that, oh, woe is me. Why did this happen to me? Or blame someone or try to make some sense by putting that, that that's because of this or that or the other. But that then you began to internalize, you know, an aha moment of, I just simply need to be grateful for the things that I have, where I have been, and ultimately allow that energy to take me to the next phase, state, or purpose in my life. You've started your own kind of cancer care support podcast. Let's talk about that transition that you felt was birthed out of the experience of not wanting to be a victim and taking on a victim's mentality and that you weren't going to waste your cancer experience just to be a survivor, you wanted to really contribute back to this conversation, to this community. Let's talk about it. Sure. And, and yeah, you hit it, you hit it right on the head. Uh, you know, when I look back on it, uh, you know, even while I was going through the treatment and, you know, there were days I'm like, oh, man, this is a long fight. Am I going to, am I ever going to get to the end of it? But there I, were days that you were angry. Oh, sure. There days was, that you were depressed. You bet. You maybe bet. not long term, but experienced you to bet. a certain extent. So you yeah. worked through some seasons here. You bet. Just and, and and I think if you ask anybody who's been through this, they'll tell you the same thing. It may be different times, maybe different stages, but I think we all basically go through the same thing. We're all people. Yeah. We all have those emotions. We're all human. And I remember thinking one of the things that worried me or or got to me was seeing people that didn't have a, a support group like I did. And I thought, you know, when I get through this, I want to help be that support group. The idea was, how do I most impact the most amount of people as quickly as possible? Yeah. And, uh, and in I, the day and age of technology that we right, have today. Right. Exactly. It's like, well, I, I can't just go on my smartphone and start 
email with people. Nobody's going to buy into that. <laughs> so some friends of mine had just started an internet radio station, and they were looking for shows. And they talked to me, said, Tom, you know, you got this radio voice. I said, yeah, I got a radio face, too. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> me, too. <laughs> so uh, they said, you should come up with something. And I got to thinking about some things. I said, all right, how do I make this cancer journey of mine help somebody? Yeah. And when I started thinking about it, the first person I thought, talked to was, was Robbie Robinson, who was the first person I talked to when I came to Cancer Treatment Center. And a dear friend of mine and a former cancer patient that I once supported sure. and bought some furniture from there you go. 18, 19 years ago. There you go. So you know Robbie as Absolutely. well as you bet. And I said, you know, if anybody should be on this show telling his story besides me, it's him. And we talked about it for a little bit. We, we did a trial run. And the chemistry was there. And what we found, you know, we don't have the audience yet that we're looking for. Sure. But we have a loyal audience that grows every week with very little, anything but word of mouth right now. Right. And I stand corrected. I called your show a podcast. But actually, this is a live broadcast that you do on a weekly basis. Yes. And it is rebroadcast. And it is it does have a podcast element because we do have a, okay. an app. You can get it on iTunes okay. and other places. So it, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a hybrid. Okay. And I want to make sure that I just sure. categorize no, no, it correctly. No, so first, before we get into the nuts and bolts of who you're talking to mm -hmm. and some of the discussions that you're having that will be relevant to this audience, a faith audience, what's the name of the show and how can people find it? Sure. The name of the show is called Not Done Yet. And it's an interesting... Why not done yet? I, I have no idea why right. we would call a cancer show not done yet. No. Right. <laughs> it, it, it actually came from a, a, an old song that has nothing to do with cancer. It doesn't even have anything to do with overcoming anything. But it does say, okay, you can do this, this, and this, but I'm not done yet. I'm like, you know, that's the answer. That's the title. Great title. Yes. Love it. And we can be heard on 21.6 The Net, which is a, an internet radio station. Um, you can find our the app for 21.6 at uh, at Apple iTunes and, and Google and all the places you can get your apps. Uh, and it's also listed within the podcast arenas as well. Great. So any place there's a podcast, we're there. All right. Please, please go out, listen, and support this program. Uh, I believe in these guys, and I believe in what they're doing. So that's your show, Not Done Yet. This is where we you can be found. You know, you're my new friend, but we're now colleagues in, in the podcast business. So I feel like I'm talking to a constituent at this point. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you guys have talked about and are sharing on your show. Sure, sure. We we really want to engage our audience uh, in that. I mean, we, we broadcast this live on Facebook Live, so we are getting comments and questions and things while so we're live. Which live is great. feedback. We look for that. Yeah. Um, but we will discuss things. I mean, there's anything involved with the, with the patient and what they're experiencing, anything involved with the caregiver and what they're experiencing, Which because that's just as important in most cases more. Absolutely. Um, we talk with some professionals within the industry. Yep. Uh, we have talked with, uh, you know, some other things as far as medical cannabis and is there something to that? So we want to talk, we want people that are at home or people that have just been diagnosed, or people that maybe are like me, we're done with it now, but we want to get a voice out there. Yeah, We want to talk about anything that involves this fight. How long have you been doing the, pot, uh, the show now? We, ha we started this show 
I want to say, a little better than three months ago. And I think that's correct because I remember when Robbie reached out to me and mm-hmm. shared that. So that, that sounds about right and accurate. Mm-hmm. What are you looking to accomplish here? What are you looking to gain from putting that type of content out? What impact do you want to have upon the audience that you guys are talking to? And, and that's a great question. And, and the answer is this. I would like to have people feel as if they have a community with people that have been down the road mm-hmm. and understand what the road looks like mm-hmm. and and be able to encourage those people because anybody who's been through this has days that, you know, there there have been many of us have said, you know what, if it ends tomorrow, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, we want to be there in case that happens. Yeah. We want to be the one to say, hey, let's look at this from another direction. Yeah. Um, so we, we want to build a community of people that is constantly growing uh, and, are, and are sharing their concerns mm-hmm. and having – some way of reaching out and getting, if not an answer right now, a direction to think differently. Wow. The word that that, that stood out to me and perked my ears up is the word community. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I am acutely aware of is that uh, historically, not because of any other reason, but I think because of fear and ignorance, where, where we have fallen short of really nurturing and supporting individuals with cancer is not really providing them with a a robust, engaged, and an informed community of people who can say, number one, let's openly have a dialogue about cancer. Cancer is still, it's the malady of our day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the latest statistics from the National Cancer Society is that one out of three people are estimated to be diagnosed with cancer at some point in their lifetime. Right, That's a lot of people. That's number one. Number two, there is still a fear and a phobia for a lot of different reasons that in some cases people raise what I call the wall of silence, that Mm -hmm. they won't talk about their cancer. They won't share that they have cancer. In some cases, they're embarrassed. In a lot of cases, and you may be able to speak to this, Tom, I've had tons of cancer patients say to me, I just don't trust people around me with this conversation. They don't know what to say. They say dumb things to me. They say things to me that I don't want to hear that's not encouraging. And they mean well. They just don't know any better. And then you have the flip side of that where you have people who are just absolutely petrified that if someone tells them that they have cancer, they they don't know what to say or do, so they won't say or do anything, and they right. actually leave those folks isolated. We, I, and you, and others, we're creating a community mm-hmm. for this group of people, unlike any time that they've ever had, to have open, frank, and honest conversation. What say you about that? I, you, well, you, you've been doing this. You know what you're talking about here. I mean, and that's and that's where this is from. You know, in in my generation, it became an issue with friends, neighbors, what have you. You know, my friend just told me he's got cancer. He's going to die. What do I say to right, that? Right, right. Well, things have progressed considerably, both techno- technologically and in the art of fighting cancer. The fact of the matter is, and I'm going to interject very quickly. Please. There are more people now surviving cancer than any time statistically in the history of cancer diagnosis. Death rates from cancer continues to decline. The American Cancer Society published a website report dated January 4th, 2018, and it was entitled Facts and Figures 2018, Rate of Deaths from Cancer Continues Decline. In the report, it states, 
The death rate from cancer in the U.S. has declined steadily over the past two decades, according to annual statistics reporting from the American Cancer Society. As of 2015, the cancer death rate for men and women combined had fallen 26 percent from its peak in 1991. This this decline translates to nearly 2.4 million deaths averted during this time period. I believe the statistics have improved over the last 20 years because of two factors, early detection and better treatment options. So the fact of the matter is we have no reason not to have conversation about cancer. Cancer is not necessarily the death sentence that it once was or that people thought that it was. You bet. And that's and, and that's the thing. So. Because we know these things, and we know it from an intellectual value uh, standpoint, we should be able to now educate ourselves because the statistics you just mentioned, one in three. Well, if the average person knows 100 people, there's 30. Are you going to ignore those 30 or are you going to get involved with those 30? We say let's get involved. Let's educate you as to what they are going to go through. That's and your it neighbor. Might be you one day. That's your neighbor. It's you potentially betcha. a family member or somebody sitting inside of your local church yep. and for sure somebody you potentially are working with. Right. And the easiest way to look at that is just like you said. If you're sitting in church on Sunday and there's 200 people there, 60 of them at least. Potentially that will be the number and the ratio. So it's a lot to be said there. Yep. So you've taken on this mantle, this vision, and I and I want to support you as a fellow broadcaster, and I want to push and get behind the work that you guys are doing and with our audience. Uh, the Health, Hope, and Inspiration audience is faithful and loyal to us, and I want to expose them to other conversations because you guys may be entering into some other conversations that we don't enter into, right. that you guys are entering into. You now are another resource that we want to make available to uh, the cancer community audience. Um, in my final closing seconds, I could talk to you all day, Tom. Um, <laughs> One last thing that you'd like to leave our audience with today, uh, a word of encouragement or inspiration based upon where you've been, what you've done, seen, and what you are now doing as you move into this new level of engagement with the community that you're serving. I I guess my parting thought would be the one that I just kind of walk those shoes every day. If you have something that should be shared, share it. If you have an experience that can help somebody else, share it. That's it. Well, what I know is every cancer patient has a story to tell. Yep. The question is, do they have someone who's willing to listen? Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you now for facilitating sharing others' story. And thank you for allowing to be part of our audience as we share your story. This has been Tom Sellers, head and neck cancer patient. Uh, originally diagnosed in January 2017, who's now receiving follow-up assessment treated Uh, at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Chicago. Bless you, my friend. Thank you. You and Robbie, keep on keeping on, and you have my my loyalty and my support. Bless you, sir. Oh, and bless you and your show. Thank you a bunch. All right, Percy, thank you for recording that interview earlier with Tom. I, I got the impression you really enjoyed the conversation. Well, what I appreciated from Tom, you know, he was a very no-nonsense, kind of straightforward, you know, kind of, you know, typical guy, yeah, you know. Yeah, right, right. And in and, and unpacking his whole scenario of being told that he had cancer, I, I think in many cases, in most cases, pretty typical from a, a, a guy's perspective. Okay, I've got cancer. All right, what am I going to do? That's a, what's the next thing we need yeah, to do? Yeah, but he admitted having an emotional reaction. And then this 
this is the piece and the part of what I truly appreciated was then he came to terms with the fact after watching his wife, how she were she was reacting to what was going on with him in the midst of his treatment. Later on, that became a bit emotional for him and watching his loved one watch him struggle in some cases and go through his process. And that then began to affect him and impact him yeah. in a way that kind of caused him to be emotional. And he had to kind of come to terms with that. Well, he said so many good things and I'll let them stand on their own. But I was really impressed with the fact that here's a gentleman who's who's got his own uh, cancer journey to worry about, but he's asking, how can I help others? Absolutely. He again. And this is as you and I have talked on and off air so often, Wayne, how true is it? For people in the midst of a cancer diagnosis, they find a a real cause and a mission that, you know, I feel obligated that I need to now go say something to my community and, and anyone who will listen to help encourage someone along the lines. And of course... You know, he made the decision that he refused uh, to take on a victim's mentality. Right. He, he refused to go yeah, down exactly. that road. Yeah. He said, listen, you know, I'm going to I used to thank God for all of the good things that happened to me before. And I'm going to continue to maintain that posture. But now then I'm inspired and motivated. I'm going to do something with this experience that will bless and help other people. Well, the beauty of this program is that you can go back and re-listen to what Tom said Absolutely. to uh, kind of capture all the lessons there for us. And you can do that on our website website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. You can do it by downloading the podcast with any one of the many podcast apps out there. Go to iTunes. iTunes. Uh, when you go to iTunes, make sure and listen to this program, make sure that you leave a review please, so that others can learn uh, what this is all about. That is so very helpful to us. Yeah, we want to hear from you. And before we leave, I want to make sure that everyone knows about the free resource, Four Things Every Cancer Patient Must Do. And this resource was designed to help give people kind of a, a simple roadmap of some steps Initially, once you're told that you have cancer, you're in a bit of shock in some cases and you're a little disoriented. So we laid out a nice document that will kind of help you step through some things, you know, making sure that you get a second opinion, you know, uh, find the right doctor. And what does that mean for you? Uh, Know what questions to ask so that you can begin to start coming back and then stay strong for the fight. This document will give some really nice practical application so that you don't feel overwhelmed and disoriented oriented when you take that gut punch being told that you have cancer. You can get this right now by going to healthhopeandinspiration.com. Look for the free resource, Four Things Every Cancer Patient Must Do. Well, let's wrap up by going back to that scripture, which is even more meaningful after everything we've heard today. Well, particularly because of the fact, one of the statements that Tom said is that he said he decided that he was going to live daily with an attitude of gratitude. Yes. So listen to our scripture that we open with now that we'll close. It makes a lot of sense on why we chose this. First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, verse 16, 17, and 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. For those of you who are trying to figure out what is the will of God for you in the midst of your situation, pray continually, rejoice always, and give thanks in all circumstances. And let's see what happens at the end of that process. That's a great way to wrap things up here today. Thanks for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And Percy, let me give the website one last time, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. 
Com, and I'll see you next time. Absolutely. Well, you know what I got to go do? Yep. I got to go get my saw and I got to go get my axe. <laughs> oh, it's a saw now. Well, you it? know, I got a lot of wood to chop. So, <laughs> okay. you know, I got to go chop some wood okay. so we can be ready for the next show. You get busy and join <laughs> us next time for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.